Welcome, welcome, welcome to Own Goal Podcast. Uh, I guess this is going to be the second of the Corona Diaries. The date is April 19th, 2020. Dates don't matter anymore. They there is no date. Every day is Tuesday. For, for, all, for all of my stoner friends out there, every day can be 420 <laughs> for you as well. Um, we actually have some fun soccer stories to report um, and couple of things to talk about obviously like we've said before there's going to be some not soccer so uh we hope you guys enjoy the second episode of the corona diaries but first to the byline it's in it's an off goal it's a gift well he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post it's almost behind him sticks his left leg out it almost hits his heel and goes straight into the bottom of the corner bottom corner of the net Donnie made the mistake of letting me pick uh, what topic to kick us off on, so I figure what better than to steal the headline that he is most eagerly anticipating talking about. Uh, Guys, we really have to spend as much time as possible about the Kyle Walker sex party that he had. Uh, in the middle of quarantine, uh, not too keen on on social distancing. Sounds like he is not. So basically, like it's it seems like like a couple of days, like right after England really started uh, issuing their more severe lockdown warnings and doing their stuff, he had a buddy over and two hookers in his apartment, and they just kind of had a sex party, and apparently. Kind of had a sex party. <laughs> I just, I didn't know Kyle Walker was an orgy guy, and it makes me wonder: is Pep an orgy guy? But apparently, this all started out when he split up from his long-term girlfriend when she found out he got another model pregnant. <laughs> and apparently, a source has said that Kyle has hit rock bottom with his behavior, and his manager will be furious, and rightly so. So, um, yeah, he parted with a 21 and 24 year old escorts and he then issued an apology right afterwards. This came right, and this came right after the Jack Grealish apology, which like, you know, not to make light of, of, of what he was doing, but he kind of looks like, like he got off a little scot-free because Kyle Walker brings up the rear with I would like to apologize for my sex party. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, the biggest winner from Kyle Walker's sex party, surprisingly, is a guy who wasn't even there, Jack Grillish. You're completely right. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently he's just kind of on a downward spiral. Um, also, the, in the Sun article I was reading, they revealed that the way his ex-girlfriend found out he got the model pregnant was because the son revealed the story <laughs> and they they kind of did like a they kind of tooted their own horn and they said uh, after his breakup with longtime girlfriend after we reported <laughs> so the son is always going to do the son things so yeah that's um that was and that's funny because the story broke out the day after we posted our last yeah. episode so it's just Classic timing on our part. Luckily for us, time doesn't exist anymore. So it's, like, not really a big issue. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about a big issue. You want to talk about uh, Ho Min Sun and what he's doing in uh, Korea? 
Yeah, so as I think we covered this uh, a few uh, – a year back or so um, when the uh, Asia Cup – the I, I don't know what the official name for the, the Asian uh, continent is. I think Asia Cup is pretty accepted. I think, I think it's the Asia Cup. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when when the, South Korea was playing and if if Sun didn't medal – uh, with South Korea, they then he wouldn't have met his obligation for uh, the mandatory South Korea armed services. I guess every every off every I think it's it's once every year um, during I think sometime in your twenties and thirties. I, I I'm a little rusty on the official requirements but you have to report all all men in south korea have to report and do like basic training uh and then i think eventually you get to do a year or two ser- services uh but there are certain expect uh, exceptions that can be made and through uh sons representing south korea and then through his uh contractual obligations for playing for tottenham he's able to be exempt from a lot of that stuff but with the premier league on hold and then potentially other uh games for south korea on hold are not happening uh his exempt status is in jeopardy and he may have to be reporting uh for some more i guess like reserve training is is, i think what it would be equivalent to here in the states but they do some pretty intense drills and i think like you 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 could like experience tear gas and and all that crazy shit. So it's a pretty wild, uh, unintended consequence of all this stuff shutting down, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy. And actually it's interesting. I started kind of, I kind of just, cause like, what else am I going to do? I kind of like fell into like a rabbit hole about like countries with like, like some sort of mandatory, um, military requirement. And actually the vast majority of first world countries, Mm-hmm. do have like something even if it's like you just do like one of them i saw was like after you turn 18 you go for a couple of months and like then you like like one weekend a year like you do something and i was and and, and I'm, when i say first world countries i'm thinking about countries like that we we don't think of as like maybe too cult like not so culturally dissimilar from america basically i mean like western europe yeah. um and made me think like maybe how our generation would be a little bit better off if maybe like that summer between high school and college, like, you know, you got a few months and like nobody does shit during that summer anyway, truly. So it's like, I don't know, maybe we'd be a little bit better off. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of high school virgins try to finally convince their girlfriends, let them have sex with them before they go off to college. (laughs) Uh, The classic play of the simp. (laughs) Um, So you've been going down that rabbit hole. Let me tell you what rabbit hole I went down. Was it uh, have to do with high school virgins? It definitely did not. Um, but it was somebody plotted on a, a chart. Um, I think it's Premier League uh, baldness impacting win percentage and managers. Oh. So you've got Pep, who's at 100% bald, and he's at like a 75% win percentage. Uh, Klopp is all the way down to a 
67% bald, and he's at about a 66% win percentage. Jose's all over the fucking charts because of his shaving headship, but it looks like when you take into his entire body of, of work, he's right above 50% baldness, and he's at about 61% um, win percentage. Then you have Sean Dyke, who's uh, a Dyke who's uh, about 97% bald, but down at 30% win percentage. Now, something that I I really I appreciate this type of, of work that has gone into uh, uh, you know this research, but you really need to to do this against expected win percentage, if you ask me, right? Because someone like Sean Dyke is always managing teams uh, near the you know fighting for to stay up, fighting to stay above the drop, or fighting for European co- uh, competition, whereas someone like Pep. If he doesn't make UCL with the squad he has, then it's a fucking catastrophe, right? So yeah. I, I, I kind of think this is slightly. Um, also, there's somebody, uh, there's somebody on here at zero percent baldness, and it's Mikel Arteta, and he's at a forty percent win percentage. Ole is at seventeen uh, percent bald, and forty percent win percentage with Arteta. Sounds about right. Moyes, David, David Moyes is uh, Moyes. at Moyes. Sorry, David Moyes is at a thirty-eight percent win percentage and twenty-eight percent baldness. I feel like nobody else is enjoying this like I am, but at the I end of the day, really at the end of the day, is I'm doing this for me. Speaking of baldness, during the, this is a good segue during the quarantine. <laughs> uh, I have discovered through investigative journalism slash following Kareem Benzema on Instagram. Because Donnie is the actual um, dark horse candidate for Kareem Benzema super fan of, of the decade. <laughs> he has a – so he has obviously not been getting a haircut, and his hair has grown, like, totally full head of hair. He's a strong hairline. Strong hairline, not balding, which means Kareem Benzema chooses to be baby-ass bald. Every day of his life, he chooses to be that bald. He doesn't. He's not a guy who's choosing to be bald because he knows like the end is near. He just chooses that anyway, and that makes me more scared of him and somehow like him more that he just chooses to be bald. Yeah, I mean, we all know how much you like him, and I don't know if I believe you because I don't think you could like him any more than you do. Uh, there was like less than a year ago, uh, like a, a one month span where at least every other day you sent me photos or screen grabs of things that he was posting on his Instagram. Like, you've got, you've got problems, man. I still need to watch that documentary. This is the perfect time. <laughs> when Kelly's when Kelly's out working out, just pull out, pull out the Vaseline and watch the Kareem Benzema documentary. Yeah, so, uh, what, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Well, should As we take a break from we're... talking about soccer for now? As you can tell, we're, we're clearly still not pre- prepping our covid diary episodes and uh all right so in the old days of a year ago we would have like an outline typed out and we'd kind of go by that last episode we just kind of talked and this episode (laughs) the soccer stories that have been there we just text them to each other so we're just going through like our photos um and just kind of be like oh i didn't i didn't i didn't text you the boldness thing because i wanted to save that for the pod and honestly one, I think I need to start saving more things for the pod to just get some like some good reactions. Two, I'm happy you did that. I love that. Um, also, the 
before we jump out of soccer, rare good U.S. news, and I think we'll touch on some of the bad U.S. news a little bit later, uh, but Conrad De La Fuente has uh, apparently extended his contract with Barcelona. He's been in the Barcelona B squad, you know, the youth squad or whatever it is, um, and apparently he's impressing. I don't watch much La Liga youth or subdivision. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that you don't watch a lot of La Liga. That I would believe. I don't believe that you don't watch a lot of La Liga youth. Uh, I I really don't, but, you know, maybe maybe after this I will. Now, Bundesliga youth programs, I'm I'm there all all day, man. But (laughs) Gates has a youth soccer podcast called Young Boys and Their Balls. (laughs) It's just him. Uh, but I have one of those voice filters that makes me sound like a little kid. <laughs> oh my god, this is getting really creepy. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna back out of this. Um, no, but I did watch him at like the U seventeen <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> Just you going like no, but I did watch him. <laughs> okay, I, did. I, I you know one, I think it's pretty a good sign. You know, Barcelona has a really good um, youth academy. Did you just take a fucking FaceTime screenshot of me? There's, there's, a, there's a circular button on my computer, and I was like, what does this do? And I clicked it, and it said that I took a photo. And then I clicked it again, and it said that I took another photo. Well, fuck you. <laughs> well, that happened. Can't that go fucking, back now. How do you like that? that? <laughs> I took fucking three photos. <laughs> um, These are for you. But... First of all, so yeah, back to what I was saying, Barcelona's academy, very good. So I think it's very promising that a player, if a player is flourishing there and they're still interested, I think that's a really good sign, especially an American player. I think there is still always going to be a little bit of bias against an American player, understandably so, in my opinion. I, I mean, I get it. Um, but, so I'm, that's really good news for him. Also, I just... I need him to be really good because Conrad De La Fuente is one of the greatest it's fucking soccer names name. I've ever heard. That is, especially for someone who plays out on the wing with pace, it's it's it's, it's perfect. It's like it's like having a, a fullback named Reggie Cannon. Yes. Oh, I think he just got married, by the way. Congratulations oh, to you, congrats, Reggie. Reggie. I think I saw yeah, that on Instagram. Yeah. He either Reggie, got married he, or he's posting on his anniversary. I don't know. Congratulations either way. If you can't, you know, seeing as, as you probably can't honeymoon right now, if you'd love to come on the pod and talk... <laughs> Always shooting our shots with the fullbacks. Always missing. <laughs> um, speaking of, sh- uh, so I've been watching. So I just started this new show today. It's called Too Hot to Handle. The premise of the show is that, and this is kind of on brand for us because let me tell you about some of the guys on this show. <laughs> wow, women and eh, whatever the guys. Wow. So it's like five really attractive guys, five really attractive girls. These are people who, like, have very high body counts, all probably in the triple digits. Like, very horny, sexually... When you say body counts, you mean they have, uh... The number of people... Know, they have carnal knowledge of, of people in the in the triple digits. They they know at least a triple digits worth amount of people in the biblical sense. Yes. Yeah. And so they're all in this show. The show starts out, they're all just hanging out, getting drunk, getting hot and horny... And then, like, 12 hours into the show... Please never say that. <laughs> which, which part? Which part? Of... <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. I, I don't know if it was the kind of wild of getting hot and horny. Stop it. Stop it. 
description for this episode, the boys get hot and horny. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, but anyway, so then they're told, like, if they go through this place for, I think it's like two weeks, four weeks, whatever, 30 days, that they'll get $100,000, but they can't have, they can't cuddle, they can't kiss, they can't have sex, they can't do Dude, anything. sign me the fuck up now and just pay me my money. This is the easiest challenge I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And so, um, so like the first episode, two people kissed and they took away $3,000 from the pot. And there's this one guy, he's my favorite character. He's just like, all the guys are like pretty muscular dudes. This guy comes on the screen and everybody looks small. His name is Kells. He's a British guy from, from the UK. He is massive. I mean, he is one of the most muscular men I've ever seen in my life. Just fuck, like, so swole. And he goes in the show, and he's like, as soon, first of all, his attitude is like, they're asking him, like, oh, like, which other girls you're interested in? And he looks at the camera, and he goes, he's like, only a, only a beta would pursue women. The alpha lets the women come to him. He's like, I have my own fucking gravitational force. It's just hilarious. But I love this guy. And then when he finds out about the money, he's like, nobody better do anything. Otherwise, you're just acting like a child. And he finds out about the people kiss. He's so mad that he goes, he's like, listen, unless that kiss is going to recover someone from a coma like some Snow White shit, nobody's touching anybody. This one guy is like stealing the show for me. But it is a very, very entertaining show. A lot of hot dudes. But there's this. So it's, it's, it's not if you go this long, you get. The money. It's anytime anybody here breaks, the collective you all pot. Lose the collective money. pot goes down. Exactly. Um, and so I would love to see this. I would love to see this show, but with not hot people. But it'd be. But it's like that's the whole point is that they're all attractive and horny. I know. I. <laughs> so the, the premise of the show is that they're trying to teach them a lesson. They're trying to cheat these people who are all like both both genders are all about one night stands like like you know dump and run type people. They're trying to teach them the value of like making a connection on a deeper level. That's what the show pretends is its point. Yeah, but the way you the way you do this is nobody talks to anybody. They could all just social distance and stay alone for a month. <laughs> but I've I've been a big fan of the show. <laughs> so the highlight for me was this one character was this one guy, he's he's not as muscular, not as ripped as the other dudes, but he's the tallest guy, right? So it's like, he's like 6'5". He's like a good 6'5". Um, and he was, did something kind of like, he's like obsessed with this one girl, and Kelly goes, God, Harry's such a fucking simp. And the fact that she used that word, I just lost it. I can't get how you did I didn't like The Circle, but you love this fucking garbage show. <laughs> the Circle is fantastic. Okay, the circle grew on me over time. Dude, you the, I, I, I exaggerated my protect hatred for Shuby. I like Shuby. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, I, I, I really, really hope we don't get into a pod, every pod update of too hot to handle. Please don't. There's gonna be there's gonna be a segment, a too hot to handle segment on the next episode, and it's gonna be called Eric's Horns. <laughs> I I will you will be a, a solo host in the next episode of the podcast. Feels bad, man. If I don't, if I don't have you as a virtual friend, I've lost it. It's the only thing I have left going for me. Uh, well, that's that. 
Yeah, man. Um, I don't remember last time. Did we talk about um, the termination of the U.S. Youth Academies? That wouldn't have been possible because that happened like four days ago. Last week. Okay. Dude, like I said, time doesn't exist, man. That's fair. Yeah. Dude, why'd you call, why'd you call me while we were... You called me five minutes ago. We've been potting for five more than five minutes. It was an accident. I, w- I, was, I was going through the texts. And you hit the call button and instead. I fucked up. I fucked up. Yeah, so... Yeah, so what's your, what's your take on, uh, on the news that U.S. soccer is terminating the youth program? So, yeah, U.S. soccer has ended the U.S. Soccer Development Academy. Um, obviously, I think that it sucks that they had to do that. Um, it seemed in the statement that it was due to a financial situation because of the coronavirus. Yeah, but it also sounded like they weren't putting it on indefinite hiatus. Like, uh, to me, if it's something like where they can't financially sustain it, I get that. But couldn't they just, like, for, you know, obviously, like, late, had a bunch of layoffs, um, like, gone to a very, very shell, if, if even that operating uh, structure, and basically suspend it indefinitely, and then when the economy gets back up, bring it back? I think that if you're talking about a national soccer federation that really cares about its teams doing well and performing well and cares about bringing up youth talent, that's exactly what you would do. Unfortunately, I don't think that's U.S. soccer's priority. I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't understand them. I don't think the money is there enough for it to just be about money. I don't understand them. But it's clear to me that the men's national team doing well at a World Cup and producing talent, having really talented American players, does not seem to be a priority to them. I think this sucks. I think it's actually – I think they're actively they, – they, they prefer that not to happen because – they are in bed. You know, U.S. Soccer is really in bed with the MLS. Um, yeah. there's, there's always been a tight partnership there. And the way for U.S. to do better in the World Cup is to export its talent, you know, its youth talent, to the serious leagues over in Europe. And that is bad for MLS. And now all the development academy, like, the only development academies that we're going to have at like a, a high, you know close to the professional stratosphere are going to be the, what, 30 MLS uh, cities mm-hmm. that have their own academies, right? Like, like FC Austin has, has their, is building a youth academy. You know, FC Dallas is a really good academy. That's where Weston McKinney came from. Um, Tyler Adams came from the New York Red Bulls Academy. So, like, obviously, McKinney and Adams were, were not part of the – youth the u.s soccer youth system but they were i think Pulisic was and it's going to have i think a really big impact on the women's uh youth development which that's the one soccer team we have that does well <laughs> yeah and u.s soccer is not in a good spot with the whole man woman oh, thing right now like i mean God. but yeah i mean i think john Yedlin when he posted he was really really sad to see that i think that's pretty telling I had a buddy who Yeti, lost his job we... because of it. Fuck. So, Yeti, we'd uh, we'd love to have you on the on the pod to talk. Yeah, uh, hear, I can reach out to him. your opinions. Yeah, I definitely reach out to him. Um, but I think it sucks. I just think it shows that like, like why wouldn't they just do a furlough or a layoff, like you said, and then bring this back up? 
Now, who's to yeah. say in a year from now that they're not going to try to come up with like a new system? Yeah, maybe they might. We don't know, but I just I, I, no I never bueno. put my money. I never put my money on U.S. soccer doing something correct at a structural level. Level, so I I wouldn't assume so. Yeah, you uh, you see uh, Terry Maguire asked uh, the United squad to donate thirty percent of their wages to charity. I did see that. And the, the, I I don't know if it's happened, but it sounds like there's overwhelmingly support of the decision. It's interesting. I feel like when when the season was going on, <laughs> no offense, it, and I can say it because it's way worse about my team, but we never really talking about United performing well. But uh, since the COVID stuff hit, I feel like they've been at a an executive level and at a player level, they've been doing the right things. All across the way, and it's, it's yeah, it's I think it's indicative of a side that has been the top of the top for so long they they know how to act right they know how to how to yeah and i will say this i think the fact as long as sir alex ferguson is alive when it comes to the non-soccer stuff they will do it with class i promise you as long as he is associated with that team um and yeah no i think the you know they were pretty much one of the first clubs to like announce that they're keeping all their staff and in England, and, you know, they, yeah. they've been doing all – and, yeah, the field stuff has not been ideal. Things were getting nice before coronavirus. Bruno Fernandes was fucking Dude, I like Bruno. Awesome. Bruno's fun. Dude, the stuff – he I says like all the right things. I love him. I love him. Um, and apparently Pogba might stay now too, which is just like – that's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Six months ago, if I you told me that, I would have I would have laughed. I, I, I kind of – nothing against Pogba. I think he's an incredible player. But I, I kind of like uh, selling him and using that cash plus the United War Chest to bring in Sancho and Grealish. Well, dude. I mean, just I'd be okay like, with selling Pogba if we got if we guaranteed Sancho and Grealish. Yes. I think if you don't sell Pogba, you'll have the money for Grealish. Like, mm. anyways, but selling Pogba helps you bring in, uh, bring in Sancho. Yeah. Um, and and you guys have to get Sancho because I can't have him displacing Pulisic at a second straight club. <laughs> that that is, I can't have it. That's a bad look for our boy. It. Yeah, although probably that happens, then Pulisic goes out on loan or gets purchased by Newcastle with their war chest. I was on a walk the other day, and I saw a very very gorgeous girl wearing a Newcastle United hat. <laughs> And then it was ruined for me when I saw the hat, because then your face just popped into my mind. <laughs> Dude, I love. So I I love the Jordies at the tune. That's that's never been a, a secret. But like, I don't know if I can. I'll always support Yeti, obviously. But they're probably not my like random team. I'm going to be supporting in the Premier League anymore. Was it because they might get bought by a billionaire? Not by a billionaire, by the man who had Jamal Khashoggi murdered and, and dismembered and shoved in a barrel. Allegedly. <laughs> For legal reasons, we have to say allegedly. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, they could own us. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get sued by a guy yeah, who yeah. would allegedly do that to somebody. No, seriously. They, and who has, they, they who has would, more they money than be, we can imagine in our pocket. They would be the people having, uh, you know, in you know cybersecurity uh, investigators 
scanning the internet for chatter on anything possibly slanderous. Yeah, there's probably like one Arab kid who listens to us out there, and he would just be like, he'd be like, oh, this is a chance where I could get rich. And you know what? I don't blame you. Do what you got to do to get rich. That's fine. If it, if it means red dots being pointed at me and Eric for the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I mean, there's, it, I think we were texting about this. No, I was texting somebody else about this, actually. Uh, but something that. How dare you fucking cheat on me? I know. Well, one of my other buddies just out of the blue was like, is MBS really about to buy uh, Newcastle? And it's like, how as a Newcastle fan do you grapple with the relief that your team is finally going to have the financial backing to be relevant again and potentially return to the competitive nature they had, while also knowing that this is all your your club is now going to be used to hide or even like worse potentially normalize some of the war crimes and human rights atrocities that have been associated with the people associated with this purchase yeah like that's fucked it is a you know when there was rumors that guy wanted to buy united i pretty much did not i'd rather suck than have that guy on my team character character matters man and not just character but not being accused of and like you just like, even if you're as... even if you're even if you're didn't do anything wrong, but you're accused of war crimes. I just don't <laughs> want to associate with you. No offense either way. <laughs> but also, like, kind of offense, like intent, intent, kind of. Um, but like, don't yeah, as much as the glaciers, as much as the glaciers kind of blow, and and Ed Woodward's not exactly been killing it lately. They're not bad people. <laughs> they're not loosely or not so loosely associated with these things that I'm now scared to talk about. Man, the Glazers were splashing in another sport because their their football team picked up Tom Brady, which is crazy. Yeah. It's always crazy to me that like the people who own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> own Manchester United. Like you, you talk about how Newcastle fans have to wrestle with that. I wrestle with that like once a week. I do I go into a deep thought about that, and I'm like, what the fuck? This doesn't make well, sense to me. What about like was it 2002 when the Bucks won? And I mean, 2002 would have been Alex Ferguson just you know rolling with with United. Yeah, like must have been a great year for the Glaciers who I think they themselves don't even like follow sports. It's just like investments, or it's either investments or just like a brag buy to your buddies, a vanity buy to like your other rich friends. Like rich people only associate with other rich people. And it's it's about like I bought something that you can't buy. Yeah, which is like, again, like, I'm not criticizing that. If I was that rich, I would do it too. It's like Kyle Walker being like, I bought a sex party. You couldn't do that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I could maybe afford those hookers for a combined 10 minutes, and that's 10 more than I need. Yeah, but you don't have the leather uh, in your wardrobe to be an, or- an orgy guy. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and if you do, I do not want to know. <laughs> I just think of that scene in Dodgeball where they get the wrong uniforms. Mm. Uh, you see, so you know uh, Benzema uh, was clapping back at Olivier Giroud. I love that. How the, they're like to compare the two of them is like comparing Benzema Formula One car and Olivier Giroud as a as a go kart. And there's been some um, pushback on Benzema because like everybody loves to push back on Benzema. Uh, and he followed it up with it. I said it's what I think, and it's the truth. If you, if someone to ask me the same question, comparing me and uh, R nine, the you know original Ronaldo, 
from Brazil, then he would be the Formula One car and I would be the cart, short and simple. I thought it was kind of cool that he, he doubled down on what he said about Giroud, but then he also pivoted to like show the not often seen, uh, I don't think humble is the right word, but controlled ego that that we don't always see with Benzema. I think he was being realistic, maybe. You can say realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but like... Listen, Olivier Giroud <laughs> is not a fantastic so soccer he's, player. He's so handsome. But he is incredibly good-looking. It's like, as and, handsome as he is, and as ugly as Benzema are, their soccer talent, I think, has that same inverse. Like, Benzema yeah. didn't get the looks, but Benzema is such a complete striker. I mean, Giroud is an incredible hold-up player. Yeah. He's got great hold-up game yeah sometimes sometimes he also holds himself up from scoring <laughs> i mean dude i'm sorry but you and i both watched the 2018 world cup and i have never just could pinpoint a worse starter on the team on the world cup team than Giroud on that team dude i yeah it was, it, but what sucks is it's like oh he's a world cup winner i know and he was a starter too <laughs> fucking tracks my ass man that's what, you know, Pogba and Graham Saunas were getting... Because Graham Saunas has always just, like, hated Paul Pogba. <laughs> Paul Pogba was like, I don't really know who that is. And people were, like, getting mad at him. And he's like, no, like, I've heard he was, like, a great player. But, like, I wasn't alive when he was playing. Like, I really... He's like, I don't care. I don't really know who that is. And um, Berbatov kind of got into it. And he's like, at some level, like, you're a human being. When someone keeps coming at you, you care. But... He was saying kind of like, Berbatov was kind of sticking up for Pogba, being like, like, why is this guy always going after Pogba? Like, day in, day out, he goes after Pogba. And Graham Soundness was, you know, he was part of those great Liverpool teams. You think they won like three yeah. or four European Cups with Liverpool. And he was kind of saying to Pogba, like, what have you won? I'm assuming he meant like in the English game. Because then like, there were people posing like all the Serie A titles, the fucking World Cup. The World Cup, yeah. Which like, yeah. I saw a quote from somebody, who was it? Someone who's won multiple Champions Leagues said that, I can't not remember who the player was, but he said in a heartbeat he would trade his Champions Leagues for a World Cup. Yeah, well, and there was a, I mean, uh, the next guy we're about to go to never won one, but uh, Tim Howard did an AMA yes. and asked me anything, and they asked him, would you rather win a World Cup or a Champions League? And he's like, without a doubt, World Cup. Like, I, there's no, I, I agree. no question. I, I agree. And I think we, we've talked about this, it's just like, Dude, it's the World Cup. They also asked him, would you rather be able to play for Liverpool or be retired? He said retired. Which I, man. I, I, I think all his answers were fantastic. Yeah, they were really good. Um, in other kind of some soccer news, I was wanting to bring this up when you talked about the Harry Maguire thing, but um, Bernardo Silva gave an interview with Bleacher Report Football, and apparently Ronaldo kind of like was texting the Portugal squad, and he's like, hey, guys, I think it would be a really cool thing to do if we gave 50% of our Euro qualifying bonus to, you know, different, uh, just donate them to like, you know, hospitals or whatever. And then, so the entire team spurred on by Ronaldo donated 50% of whatever their bonus is, which I'm sure is decent. Yeah, I saw that. Charity. And uh, I think any amount of money. Okay. And then one thing I do have to say for you people who like shame athletes, celebrities, wealthy people for like donating money that in your mind isn't enough. Go fuck yourself, dude. One dollar being donated charity is a good thing, in my opinion. It's like, this really came up with Jeff Bezos 
He donated a hundred million, and I'm not going to defend this guy very often, but I'm, I'll give him this. He donated a hundred million dollars to charities and hospital, a hundred million, and then people are saying like, well, if you really calculate his net worth, that would be like you donating like fifty five dollars. Okay, I don't give a shit, also, dude. He but, donated a hundred fucking million dollars. But also to take the other side of that, not, not not to argue it, but like to go to the end of that argument, it'd be great if someone. Like you donated fifty five dollars. Like yeah, that would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the, the just like if somebody does a good deed, just be like that was cool, or don't say anything. Don't be an asshole about it. Just like what the fuck. Yeah. This just fucking infuriates me, man. Dude, yeah, I saw that uh, United's looking for a super fan to uh, help run their social media. <laughs> Are they really? I mean, I saw it on Reddit. I don't know if it's, like, how legit it is. It's from the mirror, so probably not. <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> but the headline mentions uh, 100,000 pounds a year to be their social media manager, and they want someone who's a fan of United. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that on my list of things to do tomorrow. Shoot my shot. <laughs> Yes, let me show them our Ungol podcast Instagram account that has six followers. They'll definitely hire me. Uh, actually, it looks like my brother will be taking his studies to England at the University of Chester, where he will be, where he has been given a spot on their men's soccer team. Dude, that's awesome. Yep. So. Where the fuck is Chester? It's uh, about three and a half hours north. Uh, west-ish of London and about an hour south of Liverpool. So uh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that's I'm, pretty cool. I'm looking forward to visiting him while he's over there. Yeah, damn. Not really spending much time in Chester, but going to other places in England. No, but as you're driving between London and Liverpool, maybe swing by. I will know. I have never stepped foot. I I've been to England three times. I've never stepped foot in Liverpool once. But what if you what if you did that to go see like an Everton Burnley game? Oh, I'd see the shit out of that. That sounds amazing. Right, that's like the, that's, like the <laughs> that's the dream game. Well, or maybe like Everton. No, I, I'd say Everton Newcastle, but it need to be a game at the tune. But I don't want to go to the tune anymore. I'm so conflicted. I need to find another. I need to find another really really northern cold <laughs> Premier League team to pull for. I, I don't know. If, okay, first of all, it's dude. It's England. It's all fucking cold. <laughs> Yeah, but you mentioned Burnley a disproportionate I amount. I love Burnley. I love I think, Burnley. I think you love Burnley. Dude. I love Turf more. I remember I was in name. high school, and it was like the second game of the season against Burnley. It was Sir Alex Ferguson days. And we lost 1-0 to Burnley. And Sir Alex was pretty sure we won the title that year. But Sir Alex was just disgusted by the one that lost to Burnley. <laughs> like, in the, in the presser, he was just, like, repulsed. Yeah, I, I, I kind of love honestly why I love Burnley so much is they the kick name people of their stadium. In the knees. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but Turf Moor is an incredible name for a stadium. Burnley is the reason why Messi would can't play in the Premier League because he would be crippled. And I don't say that lightly. I like I really think they would hurt him. Uh, yeah, no, they just yeah, you, you kick ankles, knock knees. Oh. Like, you know who would have been, I would have loved in his prime to see him play at Burnley? KJ13. Oh. 
Jermaine be a, Jones dude, that's a battle. would have been an incredible enforcer at Burnley. That would have been incredible. He was too busy playing in the Champions League, but that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, I actually saw there may be some financial issues for Shaka coming up. I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised if they start, start looking to sell some people. How great would it be if Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams could play together at the club level? You think Leipzig bring? I don't. I, I don't. I don't think Adams is leaving Leipzig for another year or two. And I would see if Shaka had to had to like, you know, bring in some cash. They could try to sell McKinney and other people to like mid-table Premier League teams or uh, recently promoted Premier League teams that have an influx of cash. Yo yo like yo! Leave. Jack Relish to Man U. Weston McKinney to Villa. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Or if Leeds somehow get promoted. Oh, Leeds. Throw, throw a boy Olana bone. <laughs> oh. I, did, I did love that uh, this, that deal bit about Tyler Adams being like, they asked him about, you know, wanting to be USR captain. He's like, yeah, like it's no secret that I want to captain oh, yeah. the national team. And it's just like, I love a guy who like, is a very assertive about like wanting to be like a leader, wanting to be the pride of his national team. I like it. I love it. You mean like the opposite of a Landon Donovan? Yeah, the opposite of an LD, who just yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is a name. I mean, Landon probably Landon probably really wished he could have been the captain of Mexico or something. <laughs> uh, I've been in the U.S. soccer fields, man. When I sent you that, if you could choose, if you could change history. Change history. Yeah, history. Oof. If you could change history, choose one to happen. Wando scoring against Belgium. I thought about that for about two days. Dude, I yeah, you sent me down this like. <sighs> Fuck. I mean, that was that was the game of a lifetime for Tim Howard. That's why I know, like, incredible. if we equalize it there. I mean, I just he just he's not losing that on that day. On that he's day, he, he's, I don't care who the fuck is in the other goal. I don't care who the fuck is taking the kicks for the USA. Tim Howard is not losing a penalty shootout on that well, like, day. Clint's not missing uh, a, a penalty kick, you know? Like, fuck. fucking, you know what? You put wait, Tim Howard as your fifth penalty help. Wait, hold on. I'm looking up that game to see who was in the lineup. Let's come up yeah. with our five takers so, for that game. Well, I, well, who do, the five that we would have picked or the five that would have been picked? The five we would have picked based on who was on the field. Okay, because that because like I probably wouldn't have put Wando on there because I hate I've always we've always disliked Wando. Oh no, there's no way I will but, it. But but if but he had Wando just scored a big goal, fuck, yeah, even I would have oh, to think probably, about putting him. Fuck yeah, you're right. Because it's like so much of it is just confidence. Yeah, I'm pulling up the. I need to see it with the subs, you know? Oh, I think it was Aaron. No. I think we – no, no, no. We'd already made our subs by that point. No, I know. I'm trying – but I'm looking at who was subbed. Okay. Okay. I think – oh, we're picking five? Yeah, I'm writing mine down. Okay, let me let me get my notes out.
fuck, man. <laughs> There's no way I want Matt Beasler or Omar Gonzalez taking those out. <laughs> I have Tim <laughs> Howard ahead of them. I mean, did you write down? You just took five, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm right. I know, but I was just looking at the list, and it was like when I saw Omar Gonzalez and Matt Beasler, <laughs> literally I was thinking fucking never. No disrespect to those guys. A little bit to Omar Gonzalez. No disrespect to Matt Beasley. 100% Max. disrespect to the Omar Gonzalez. Okay. Okay, I got mine. Yeah. Okay. I have mine too. Should we just go like say each other first kick taker and then Yeah. Talk yeah, who do you have leading off? I have Dempsey leading off cuz I believe you want a guaranteed make on your first penalty. I have I have Dempsey leading off because you never want to go in, go into the second round of a of a shootout down. Yeah, and also I was thinking about that one game where they ha- I think it was for a Portugal game where they were going to have Cristiano Ronaldo shoot fourth or fifth. And it never got yeah, to him? He, he, never, he never got to shoot, and I texted you immediately. I texted you immediately, how, how do you not have him at least third? Yeah. But so, you put you put your, your best your best taker. The only exception is I would occasionally, if I had Pirlo uh, to play with, I'd put him at, at third. I would always put Pirlo in third so that he could go down, the, he could chip down the middle halfway through and just fuck the goalie's mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, like – the first two kick takers rip it to the corners, and then Pirlo chips it, and then the goalie is second guessing everything for the last two takers. But that's that's getting way way too. We don't have the likes of Pirlo to work with. No. Um, okay. So my my second one, uh, uh, this was the only spot that I wasn't sure about because I feel like after he scored, you would put Wando in on the in the in, in the slot, and I think the second spot is the least pressure spot, which is why I. I also kind of think uh, Jurgen to f- stick it to everybody would have put Julian Green, who also scored in this game. Uh, the guy he got a lot of flack for picking over Landon Donovan. Okay, I will say this: Julian Green was not on my five, and it was tough yeah. to not put him on my five. And I, I like your reasoning. I think he, confidence is key. I just, to me, like his inexperience, his youth in such I, a big and moment. That's why. That's why I, I let off with Wando, who I have written down. I have Wando written down, but okay. I, if I had done this on paper, there would have been him and Green scratched out like four times as I try to decide. Wando is on my list, but I put him at a point of the first five where it could be possible we could win. Tim Howard could give us save, so it doesn't get to number five. You I, put Wando at four, right? You put a five. You put Wando at I five. I wanted to give Tim Howard every opportunity to make sure Wando <laughs> never had to take a penalty. And as the coach, I would have whispered, Wando's at the five, and Howard would know what I meant. I put Michael Bradley <laughs> at the second. Bradley's on my list, but not, not at two. I had him second because, again, I, I, my whole basis of this list is how can I, – I just need some guaranteed make so Tim Howard can make the saves. He needs yep. to save. Michael Bradley, yep. and I think another solid choice. I think he would – I could see him going down the middle, or I could see him just ripping one low, just passing it into the side netting. I see low, low left, low left corner side netting. So because you know, because he's this is also the peak of him like saying "fuck off" to the haters 
because he was he was peaking in uh in at Roma at this point, wasn't he? He had, he hadn't come home yet. I don't think. It would have been close. Yeah. He may have just he may have just come come to Toronto, but either way, he was yeah. Uh, who do you got at three? Jermaine Jones. Okay. I have another guy on my list, but not but not on my not third. So I have him there again because I think. You know, I think he's someone who's more likely or not going to make the kick. I think he's a guy who's played in Champions League games, big game experience. Number one thing to me, again, with penalty shots to me is about nerves, and this is a guy who I truly think his face <laughs> could be on steel. fire and he wouldn't be nervous. Balls of steel. Balls of fucking steel. Um, so my third spot, I have somebody very experienced, a lot of U.S. caps, and has, has history as playing as a striker, but not in this game. Demarcus Beasley. Oh. A lot of a lot of experience. U.S. Caps played what three? He appeared in three different World Cups. Yeah, at least. Maybe four. Um, old old man Winter. I, I think I was calling him in 2014. Uh, but if I need somebody who's been in high pressure, I know he was always at the MLS level, but in the U.S. games, high pressure situations and knows knows how to put the ball in the net. Um, I, I I I remember wanting Fabian and DeAndre Yedlin to be the starting uh, fullbacks and not liking Beasley just because he was so old and slow at this point. But for a penalty uh, kick, I, I'd, put, I'd put DeMarcus on there. I struggled between him. He's not on my list. I struggled between him and who I have at my four spot. Um, you, want, you want to let us know? Yeah, uh, at my four spot in that game, I have Jeff Cameron. Okay, I I briefly thought about putting him on there, and then I I I had to go with with, with Demarcus. But in my mind, you have to, to to be fair to me. In my mind, we have already won the penalty shootout because Tim Howard saved all three. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I uh, I got my three guaranteed makes, and I got out of there. My 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 fourth is Jermaine Jones because once once you make the first one. You need two and three not to fuck up. Yeah. And when two and three don't fuck up, four becomes a pretty pressure kick. Yeah. Because it can be one, you know, depending on how your, your keeper does, it can be a, a kick to seal or it's a kick to extend. So I've got JJ. And you don't want to be the first guy on your team to miss the shit. Nope. You don't want to be, you don't want to be, that, that's a hard pressure. So I put JJ 13. I think that's a good, that, that, that's, I mean, again, I had him on my list. I, I get your reasoning. All right, then fifth? My, my, well, gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my fifth. My guy, Michael Bradley, in B4. Yep. And I think everything that you talked about, also, this was the first World Cup cycle uh, after the Bob, Bob Bradley reign when everybody was talking about how Michael Bradley was on the roster because of, of his dad. And, you know, he had that, that fuck-up, uh, that turnover against Portugal, not, not clearing the ball or getting it out to the corner um, that led to that that game tying goal that Portugal got on us. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on, on Michael and I think there's no way, not a chance in hell. He doesn't slot that in the net. Yep. And then again, I had Wando as my fifth, just hoping it didn't get that far because when I looked at the list, I was like, there are three guys I want to take penalties. And then, (laughs) yeah. Um, but yeah. So, Again, kind of like you, 
or not kind of like you, because uh, but you know I'm hoping the confidence of scoring, you know, as a guy who's like made his career as a professional soccer player scoring, you know, within the 18 yard box, hoping he can just put away one penalty accidentally maybe one time. But fuck, man, you gotta think. I, I keep forgetting that. Belgium has had fucking has Courtois between the sticks. He's yeah, not, he's not a bad goalie. <laughs> and Courtois in 2014, which I think is better than Courtois now. Yeah, Courtois. Courtois kind of blows now. <laughs> being honest. Wait, should we pick the Belgium five? Okay. Fuck, I didn't think about that. Just, just say it was kind of fun. Dude, I can't believe they subbed out Eden Hazard for Nasir Chadley. That did not age well. Yeah, but the same. Care. But he also subbed out Lukaku. Subbed Lukaku in that aged fine. Yeah, for Diwakariji. Yeah, I just. I, I'm sorry. I don't care how tired uh, Hazard is. Bringing on Nasir Chadley for him is not a. Uh, that's not a winning. So I guess it was in a way, but. Dude, they really don't have guys I love to take penalties with either. They got a few. They have like one who I love. Who I, I think, think we have the same. I think he's the best attacking midfielder in the game of soccer, right? Like, is he your up, first up. kick? Is he your first first take? Yeah. Dude, you think Maron Fellaini is the best attacking midfielder in soccer? I, I only have four. I can't. I, I don't know who their fifth would be. It'd be Chadley. It, it really would be Chadley, wouldn't it? <laughs> who the fuck is Chadley? I guess it would be Chadley. Right? No, I know who Nasser Chadley is. I just. I get maybe maybe Tobe maybe Alderweireld. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm realizing is I I I, I know the. Uh, the talent and the chemistry and the inner workings of the 2014 U.S. squad better than I remember the, the that of, of the 2014. Dude, Kevin De Bruyne was a fucking squad. infant in 2014. Yeah, he was still good though. Yeah, he fucking scored in a World Cup. Yo, how do you not sub in Musa Dembele into this game? I know. How how do you? Yeah, what, that's who you. That's who you replace Hazard with. Remember when Janazai was relevant? Yeah, I do. Which just shows you how fucking old <laughs> we are. Yeah. Alright, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, ready. Alright, I got I got KDB kicking it off. I think that's just like a stick. Like KDB will fucking like the ball will do like some like weird loop de loop and just find it so it'll be like a perfect pass into the goal. Um yeah, I think uh it's one one after the first round. Uh Clint and, and De Bruyne net both of those. Yeah, it's an hour yeah, it's an hour save De Bruyne. <laughs> I do I I don't I I, I Probably not De Bruyne's. It's the frustrating one where he gets his fingers on it and it just goes into the back of the side netting. I feel you. I feel you. Oh, you got two. I got Big Rom. I got Big Rom at two as well. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go, Rom, Big Rom after KDB. Um, that's that's one that I think Howard could save. Yeah, yeah. Three, I have Kevin Morales. Kevin Morales. <laughs> it's gonna get really weird. By the way. Four, I got Fellaini. 
I have Fellaini Jr., Axel Witzel. <laughs> yeah, Witzel. I, I just don't think Witzel was as established in 2014. Um, I And I think Fellaini was still viewed as like a... Decent player. I don't know what, but yeah. Not hot dog. Listen, <laughs> I, I honestly think probably going back in time in this situation, I would pick Fellaini. But knowing what I know now, I can't yes. pick Fellaini. Does that make sense? Yes. I can't. Yes. As a man I get fan, it. I can't. I, I know. As, as a Man U fan who watched uh, Jose use all of his final game substitutions on Fellaini to just head balls into the box. It worked like five times. Yeah, 30. Yeah. Uh, who, do you, who do you got fifth? Vincent Company. Okay. Um, Big game player, I thought about it. captain, leader. Fuck it. I thought about it. I, I ended up going with Toby Alderweireld. I think that's not a bad pick either. Just because I think he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Yeah. That's what I look for with a defender that's taking a kick, is how are they with the ball at their feet. And I think um, uh, company makes me feel like you're priming yourself for a Sergio Ramos ball leaves the atmosphere type of situation. Oh, John Terry when he, should, when he could have sealed it. Um, the other uh the other one is uh i kind of i i kind of think if i remember belgium was letting tebow take at least in qualifying or in the euro i don't know i thought they're letting courtois take uh penalty kicks it was him and neuer him and neuer were taking penalty kicks at that time they they made Fuck it, I'm I'm taking Toby out. It's it's Fellaini, then it's Tebow. Yeah, luckily for the United States and for Belgium, it doesn't get past Fellaini. <laughs> Actually, that's where I have. I think I think um, Big Rom does make it. I think either Morales either gets blocked or Fellaini goes bar high Slash and, and skies it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same player. Um, that was fun, actually. That was actually really fun, yeah. Um, now I'm depressed as I think about it, though. <laughs> oh, fucking Wondolowski. What can you do? Yeah, man. It's moments that change history. I'm telling you, it was the Robin one. Robin scores that goal. Wesley Schneider wins the Ballon d'Or in 2002. Wins that year's Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And he gets the golden ball at the World Cup, too, which he fucking deserved, anyway. Now I'm just mad about Wesley Schneider for the 30th time in my life. It's like the fourth time this week, I think. <laughs> He's like the guy, I think, in my mind, he played for Man U because every summer we were going to buy him, but we never did. But I, I liked him so I liked his game. As, like, I, lo- I always loved the attacking midfielders. I do. It was, my, it was the game position I played. His game was just so good. His it's just playmaking, and then it, so in my mind he did play with Mayhew in some <laughs> sick perverted fantasy. Donnie's never showed anybody, but he actually has a, uh, a Schneider United jersey. I was like one year, one summer I was like seventeen, and I was convinced this is the summer we get him, and I just jumped the gun. <laughs> oh. Well, what have you been up to? How's your dog? How's Ozzy? He's doing a little bit better, I think. He's still a little bit, a little bit bitey, a little bit nippy on the on the the arms and hands. Um, I think mostly now he's doing it when he needs to go pee. 
he fucking pisses every hour, and like <laughs> he's supposed to be able to hold his, his his bladder for like up to three hours now. I think the rule of thumb is like every an hour for every month old that they are, and he's three months old. So like that's kind like, of that annoying. stops at a certain point, right? Because I can't imagine that a fifty month old dog can hold it for fifty. Yes, yes, there, yes. You do start getting diminishing returns on on that, Donald. <laughs> Um, As explained but, in the last podcast, it wasn't <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah. So, um, but he used to be really afraid of like walking down to the busy street, which we have to go to to go on a walk. But right. he he did that very excitedly today. Um, went to this empty field and played a little fetch. So That's yeah, cute. things things are going pretty well. How's life as a dog, dad? You as a what? I said you're enjoying life as a dog dad. Yeah, yeah, you know it's 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 a little more waking up early and and not not sleeping in all on weekends as much, but it's worth it. It's nice to to have him around, and it'll be nice when when things ease up a bit and we can like take him down to the park and take him to like the green belt and and go on some easy trails and stuff. I'm sure he'll really like that. So yeah, man, it's fun. Well, yeah, i just been working out and walking a shit ton. I walked 50 miles in the last seven days. Damn, son. I just figure I have nothing else to do. Might as well take the time. I've been kind of staying off the sauce and just trying to get a little bit fitter. Try to come out of this a little bit looking better. I don't know. Yeah, I have not been staying off the sauce. <laughs> You've been dipping into the sauce. Yeah, a lot of buffalo sauce. I just, I feel like the first, what I keep kind of <laughs> thinking in my mind is the first weekend when this is over and, like, going out with everybody just getting absolutely fucked up is going to be so much fun. Yeah, and then there's a flare-up of uh, of COVID-19 because everybody immediately stops social distancing at the same time. And then we're back in this for another three months after that or six months. So yeah, when this is when when that 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 first night out everybody's doing, I'll be staying in here <laughs> playing my video games, read, reading some Harry Potter shit or something, and uh, I'll, I'll wait I'll wait a little bit. I keep going back and forth about getting a game system. I just feel like I maybe play it for a bit now, but once this is all over, like I don't know, I just. I like to obviously just, like, you know me, like, if you and I are hanging out, like, I want to play FIFA with you, and, like, that's so much fun to me, or, like, go hang out with JP and play video games, but it's just, like, the appeal yeah. playing by myself just isn't there as much, and I don't really do the shoot 'em up games or anything like that. A group of us have been playing a lot of Call of Duty, uh, it's like, at, at night, um, but also, before this hit, I hadn't touched my PlayStation since, like, August or maybe July, so, like, I get, I get what you're saying, I don't... I don't you know, I, I'm I'm very glad that I have mine. Yeah. Because we all we all put our headsets on and we'll talk and we'll and we'll you know play some couple hours of of Call of Duty or something. Well, uh, what's this? But, PlayStation. Well, the new Call of Duty, the it's cross platform. I think I'm gonna get a PlayStation. So me and my PlayStation can play with Jason and JP on their Xbox. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Has JP been playing? 
Mm-hmm. Played with him on Friday. Okay. I also played ping pong with him today, but he had to play bridge. How do you play ping pong? There's a uh, like an outdoor ping pong table in Clyde Warren Park. Do you disinfect it first? Yeah, I'll wipe it down. Sure. We haven't pl- we haven't done it yet. Okay. But I mean, I don't see anyone, so if I got sick, I wouldn't spread it to anyone. It would just be Kelly. <laughs> Poor Kelly. She'd be fine, dude. <laughs> or she wouldn't. And I have to live with that for the rest of my life. So it's like it's a lose lose for <laughs> me, really. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> she would be fine if she wouldn't. <laughs> that, that, that is Donnie's Corona Corner. Well, you're going to be fine or you won't. Well, uh, well, well uh, cool cats and pod babies, really appreciate you guys uh, joining us on, on today's rendition of the COVID Diaries. Yeah, uh, Corona Diaries Episode 2, we're going to be coming out. Uh, please make sure to follow Eric's other podcast. <laughs> Young Boys and Their Balls. This is a youth soccer-specific podcast. Uh, please give that a follow. There, we'll also be creating a Twitter for it, at Young Boys and Balls. Yeah, and that's that's what's, what uh, United are going to see when they look up Donnie after he applies to be the social media manager. Yeah, I'm not getting that job. I'm going to apply, just like I'm going to apply to be on the circle. Just because why not? What else am I going to do? But uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we should probably we'll probably check our email next episode. So if you've been writing in, then we'll I was that. just gonna check it real quick right now. But yeah. Oh, you want to just do it now? Well, it's been so long since I I've signed in. Google has to send me a verification code. So give me a quick second. <laughs> you should. Can you? Will you please watch Too Hot to Handle? I probably will not. Just watch what? Wait, okay. Will you please watch Expanse? Yes, I, I, I actually do plan on watching that. I'm almost okay. I'm almost ready for us to start Daredevil season three. By the way, yes. I'm on the fourth and final release season of Expanse, and uh, well, this is some bullshit. What? There's an email from March thirteenth. Um, but it's addressed to you. It's from Archie. It just and it, the, sub, the the title of the email is "Hi Donnie," and the email <laughs> says "Hi." <laughs> Some fucking bullshit. Well, let's join we have a, we have a lot of emails from uh, SoundCloud and like uh, Google about like updates and security alerts. Do not care. Maybe they're telling us that. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. Alright, well... Are we ever reading Archie's email, or are we just going to talk about it? Dude, I told you, it literally, the subject it says, Hi, Donnie, and the email says, Hi, and that's it. <laughs> I thought you were joking. No, that's the fucking email. God, great. Ten easily, out of ten, easily... Ten out of ten question, Archie. Easily my least favorite listener. <laughs> yeah, I have a list of six people. <laughs> All right, um, we'll see you guys back in a couple of weeks. We think we're doing this a bi-weekly thing. And honestly, I'm proud of us that we did 
two episodes consecutively <laughs> bi-weekly considering our track record before was like once every three months and oh let's record one that eric will never fucking post dude i listen to it all the time but honestly it's a genius move because now i'll never let you record the episodes ever again <laughs> so bravo it's incredible <laughs> on that note uh bye, bye. <laughs> i was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone hoping that mirages were in some type of scene i've come to know she whispered closely told me this is all that we could ever be None of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, no, oh, no. I'm on camp here tonight. And I'll win you love, 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 if you're ready for war. I'll run the sun, 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 just surrender your Surrender your core, I'll give you bombs of